Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, finally reopening to the public for the first time since the start of the pandemic. All of the familiar traditions of the Ohio State Fair are back for 2022, starting tomorrow. We'll get a preview. Also this morning, check your calendar. Findlay City Schools students return to class in exactly four weeks. Now's the time that preparations for the new academic year really kick into high gear. We'll speak with Interim Superintendent Krista Kreitz-Miller. And as the countdown to back to school continues, we have ideas for kids and families to be on trend and get you to the head of the class. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, July 26th, 2022. If you need a reason to celebrate today, it is National Coffee Milkshake Day. Also, Coffee Milkshake Day. I don't know. That just does not sound appetizing to me. Just does not sound like something that (laughs) I would be interested in. Of course, I'm not a coffee drinker anyway, so there is that. It is uh, Aunts and Uncles Day. National Bagel Fest Day, National All or Nothing Day, One Voice Day, and Holistic Therapy Day. So reasons to celebrate on this uh, Tuesday morning. So uh, did you hear about this? The uh, the Mega Millions jackpot. Is it Mega Millions or is it the power? The Mega Millions. The Mega Millions jackpot is now up to... Three quarters over three quarters of a billion dollars for tonight's drawing. And the CEO of Raising Cane's, the fast food chain, you're familiar with uh, Raising Cane's. Uh, we don't have any in Findlay, obviously, but I think, uh, is there one in Toledo? I know there's, they have Raising Cane's in Columbus, right? Anyway, the uh, fast food uh, cane, uh, Raising Cane's CEO He bought up 50,000 Mega Millions tickets and has promised to share the prize with all of his employees if he wins the jackpot in tonight's drawing. Uh, Todd Graves tweeted video of the Mega Millions tickets being printed with the caption, Buying buying 50,000 lottery tickets is harder than you think. (laughs) hoping to share the winning jackpot with our 50,000 Raising Cane's crew. Uh, tickets cost $2 each, so it was $100,000 he laid out uh, on tickets, and he's going to uh, split it up amongst all of his employees. He said in a news release, none of what we do at, at Cane's would be possible without our crew, which is why we are always looking for ways to bring them a little extra fun, and if we're lucky, a surprise on Wednesday morning. So, uh, $810 million is what the uh, jackpot is now, which means that if one of those tickets that the CEO of the company bought, if one of them is the sole winner, the 50,000 crew members would get $16,200 each. You do the math. And that, of course, is before taxes. But that's, I mean, that's a, not a bad chunk of change. A uh, little, nice little bonus from the boss there. I like that. That's very nice. Here's the, uh, here's the latest thing we have to be worried about. There's uh, always something that we have to be scared of and worried about. Apparently, after China carried out its latest launch of a massive rocket on Sunday afternoon, Concerns have once again been raised that debris from that rocket could crash into the Earth's surface at an unknown and unpredictable location. It says here this weekend's launch of a Long March 5B rocket from the Wenchang launch site off the south coast of the Chinese mainland was carried out to take a new laboratory module to be added to China's Uh, Tiangong Space Station. Because the rocket is so massive, it is 176 feet tall and weighs over 900 tons. And they say it has a risky launch design. (laughs) I love the way that's very diplomatic way of putting. We have no idea what 
what this thing is going to do. Um, it has a risky launch design and it is huge. Some fear that its first stage could fail to burn up completely on re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere. And that, experts believe, means that the chances of debris hitting a... Uh, well, if it doesn't burn up in the atmosphere, it's going to hit the Earth someplace. Now, they say that it's uh, very unlikely that the debris would hit a populated area because, frankly, most of the Earth is covered by water and... Most of, uh, well, even much of the land mass is unpopulated or sparsely populated. So the chance of it hitting, oh, I don't know, say Findlay <laughs> or New York or Los Angeles or any you know major population area is very low. But the risk of it happening at all is an unnecessary one for Chinese authorities to be taking. They say NASA Administrator Bill Nelson previously accused Beijing of failing to meet responsible standards regarding their space debris. So this is this is the latest thing that we have to worry about now. Uh, keep an eye on the sky for falling space debris from China. I'm thinking if it does fall anywhere on a landmass on Earth, it would have to be the United States because everything that China makes ends up in the U.S., doesn't it? I mean, that's it all ends up here. So that's the uh, latest that we have to uh, be worried about, be fearful of. Uh, let's see. What are you doing today? Uh, do, got any uh, big plans, uh, you know, aside from uh, from work, you know, getting up, uh, headed to work or whatever? Uh, if there's nothing else on your calendar, that may be a good thing because uh, experts say doing absolutely nothing can benefit your mental health. Doing absolutely nothing has mental health benefits. Some tactics, they say, you can use to decrease stress when you take on the counterintuitive task of doing nothing. That's the thing. Doing nothing may be good for your health, but it's not something that we can naturally do nothing. We, most of us, we have to be doing something. But doing nothing is actually a good thing. So, they say, number one, remind yourself that you can stop what you're doing and resume normal activity, or, or not doing, stop what you're doing or not doing, and resume normal activity anytime, but wait a few minutes before you do to see if the discomfort with doing nothing passes. <laughs> so, in other words, they're saying, be lazy, and if you ever feel motivated, just take a couple of moments, and then be, be lazy again. Uh, tip number two, stay with your plan... And intention to do nothing, but breathe slowly to calm down any jitters. It's sort of like activity withdrawal. We actually go through withdrawal because we're not doing anything. So just take deep breaths. Start with the slow and long uh, exhales, then inhale as deeply as comfortable and continues the, this way of breathing for at least one minute. Mindful breathing, an effective strategy that can, can be applied to all anxiety uh, symptoms including the anxiety of doing nothing. And number three, if your comfort level has not improved, ground yourself in the here and now. Look around at objects that are familiar and pleasant. Listen for familiar sounds, maybe the hum of a fan or a refrigerator, birds chirping, and so on. Find objects that are soothing to the touch and touch them. You know, like a blanket, fuzzy blanket, your sweater, your favorite pet. Uh, you know, whatever it might happen to be. Just have those comfort things around while you do nothing. Anyway, it's a good thing, apparently, to do nothing. Sold! I'm uh, sold! Uh, let's see here. And a couple of other uh, items among the first things you need to know this morning. The most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This, I thought, was kind of interesting. It's a uh, study from... Harvard University and the U.S. Census Bureau suggests that young Americans are staying pretty close to home, where they grew up. By the age of 26, they studied the data, the Census Bureau data, and they find that by age 26, more than two-thirds of young adults end up living in the same area they grew up in. 80% uh, move less than 100 miles away. So of those who move from their hometown, 
The vast majority move less than 100 miles away. Migration distances were shorter for black and Hispanic individuals compared to white and Asian young adults, and the children of higher income parents tend to travel farther away from their hometowns than those who are less uh, uh, than those of less wealthy parents, maybe because they can afford to go home more often and, and visit family. They're more comfortable moving further away. I don't know. That's just me theorizing there. But what's interesting is that in the middle of the last century, about a fifth of U.S. residents, not just young adults, but one fifth of all U.S. residents moved each year. And that figure has dropped steadily since the 1950s going from about 20% to 8.4% last year. So way down due to an aging population, dual income households that make it more difficult to pick up and move. And more recently, the pandemic. Uh, The point being made is that when an area is economically disadvantaged or depressed, people who live in that area tend to get mired in the lack of opportunity. We often say, well, the jobs aren't there. Just pick up and move. Go someplace where you do have jobs. That's more easily said than done. It's something that, for example, uh, despite the region's economic woes and the prospect of job opportunities elsewhere, young adults in Appalachia were less likely to move far from their hometowns compared to those of similar incomes living elsewhere. And when there were and when there were wage gains in local labor in the local labor market, most of the benefits went to residents who grew up within 100 miles rather than people who had migrated. So even when you move to an area for the opportunities, the opportunities usually go to people who have lived there all their lives. So uh, the whole idea of uh, moving someplace uh, to, you know, better one's economic situation doesn't always work. I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Something to chew on there. And how about this? Uh, You can discuss this around the water cooler at work. A mom on TikTok is getting a mixed reaction to a video she posted about giving her kids weekly menus to choose their meals. This went viral. Uh, The woman says she gives her kids a menu for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for each day of the week. And they are custom made for each child with only items that those that each child likes and they get to choose from the options what they want uh, each child makes their choices one week in advance allowing her to prepare the grocery list ahead of time and then she starts over at the end of the month uh, by putting together the next month's menus she says it prevents food waste since her kids are only served items that she knows they'll eat and she argued that it helps Prepare them to make choices as adults uh, by making choices now. But not all parents are convinced. Some commenters uh, believe that it goes too far, saying, what happened to eating what's put in front of you? You'll eat what I put in front of you. You won't eat at all. Uh, I'm not running a restaurant here. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I can certainly see the logic here, but I understand the pushback as well. Decide for yourself, but uh, it's kind of interesting. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. It'll be partly to mostly cloudy today with a high of 80. Mostly cloudy tonight, a low of 68. There are still a lot of questions after a sheriff's deputy in western Ohio was killed as he responded to a call on Sunday. The Clark County Sheriff says deputies were responding to a 911 call involving a mobile home in Harmony Township east of Dayton Sunday morning. There have been scattered details reporting a break-in and shots fired at that location. Deputy Matthew Yates was fatally shot and a tactical team was called in. First responders also had to deal with a fire at the mobile home. There have also been reports of other casualties in the incident. I'm Jack Crumley. And the governor has ordered flags lowered in Clark County and at the Ohio State House and other buildings in Columbus in honor of the life and service of Deputy Matthew Yates. Volunteers and nonprofits can now register for the United Way of Hancock County's Fall Days of Caring. Back in May, we stopped by Finley's Whittier Primary School to check out the projects volunteers were tackling as part of the Spring Days of Caring. We have volunteers from Cooper and Marathon who are helping us today. And we have prioritized some projects.
projects out front with our landscaping, a patio area where our students can utilize for recess time or for an outdoor learning area. During days of care, nonprofits in need of help submit projects and volunteer teams register to help, and the United Way matches up the two groups. Learn more about Days of Caring and how you can help on the website. In honor of their exhibit, Finley Rocks, 1960s Garage Bands, the Hancock Historical Museum will be spending an evening celebrating the decade with a special outdoor classic movie. Hey, you're supposed to be fasting in the valley, man, but that can't be your car. It must be your mama's car. I'm sort of embarrassed to be this close to you. The museum will be showing American graffiti on an outdoor screen on Saturday, August 13th. The event will include cars and music from the era, too. You can get more on the Hancock Historical Museum's outdoor classic movie and the Finley Rocks, the 60s exhibit, on our website. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Our state fair is a great state fair, and this year, for the first time since the start of the pandemic, it is open to the public. Starts tomorrow, and uh, joining us this morning from the Ohio State Fair is uh, spokesperson Alicia Schultz. Uh, Alicia, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. How exciting is it that the Ohio State Fair is back uh, once again this year. I mean, you got to be uh, pretty doggone excited about that. Oh, you are completely correct with that, Chris. We are very excited to be opening the gates tomorrow. I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's really exciting. It just, your heart kind of skips a beat when you walk around and see everything looking like a fair year. Yeah. Uh, so let me get this out of the way first. Is there anything that is still not back completely from the pandemic or is it uh, is everything back in full force this year where do things stand i mean it's pretty much the ohio state fair that you you know everyone knows and remembers and loves all your, your favorite traditions will be back the butter cow smoky bear natural resources park the barns the livestock shows the petting zoo concerts the the shopping so, you know, we've made a few tweaks here and there, most certainly, um, just like we do every year. There's always some new things and always mm-hmm. some changes. It's a nice opportunity to reimagine some areas, but, right. but it's the Ohio State Fair back. Okay, so uh, no uh, special uh, information with respect to restrictions or things to keep in mind, uh, pandemic-related and, and so on. So let's talk about some of what is new. What will people find that is new this year? As you mentioned, you're always reimagining and uh, doing new stuff. And this time you had a, a couple of, of extra years to start thinking about maybe reimagining some things at the fair. So what is new? Yeah, well, there's a handful of changes. And, you know, people come for years and may kind of almost have the livestock schedule memorized like the back of hand. <laughs> we'll notice a few changes because the livestock schedule is completely different this year. Okay, um, We actually rearranged everything so that all of the breeding animals come in at one time uh, that they're coming in this week. And then next week, all of the market animals come in and that's allow us to do these grand drive events. And so in the past, the final drives have taken place in barns um, and in each individual barn for each species. Now we have created uh, we, these grand drive events that are under one roof in the Agpro Company's Taft Coliseum and it allows us to recognize more youth, in particular the breeding youth, who, because their animals are breeding, don't get to go to the sale of champions, typically. Okay. And so we uh, we have this really great opportunity to rearrange things and recognize. But, I mean, for the fair-going public, you know, if you went in and, and saw animals, there's still plenty of animals to see here at the Ohio Fair every, every day. But the savvy uh, livestock showgoers will notice some changes. Okay. We also have a wonderful the Lady Houdini show. She is a real escape artist. She's actually broken Harry Houdini's record um, for water torture cell chamber escapes. And she, you know, gets in a street jacket and escapes, goes down in the water tank and escapes. Really, really, really impressive um, uh, escape artist. We also have a new area, the Dog House, located south of our Celeste Center where the concerts are held. There had traditionally been 
uh, single day event that would kind of be held on a rotating basis throughout the fair. Mm -hmm. This year, we're calling that the doghouse, like I mentioned, and we have the marvelous performing agility dogs there. So they do frisbee tricks, you know, dock diving, those kinds of things, as well as canine classes where um, some talented dog trainers will give you tips that you can take home if you're a dog owner. So you can uh, use those at home. I know. Okay. (laughs) All right. Very good. Uh, Anything else uh, that uh, folks will definitely want to put on their list to check out at the uh, state fair uh, this year? Well, you know, I mentioned the traditions like the butter cow and calf that Mm -hmm. will be unveiled uh, later today. Who's cheering the cooler Um, as well as natural resources park. That's an amazing, beautiful area of the Ohio state fair. It is. There's fishing for kids there. It is. Isn't it's wonderful kayaking this year they have a brand new sculpture of ohio state fossil fish the dunk and an accessible playground it's got a little small climbing area it's really wonderful i i heard that there were some small kids roaming around on it a couple days ago really having a blast so it sounds like it's going to be absolutely amazing and and one important change that i i didn't mention yet that isn't necessarily something that you'll need to see or do but something you'll want to take advantage of is the fact that parking is free this year. Yeah, uh, I was going to get to uh, all of that when we uh, talk about. Uh, so let's let's talk about it. Uh, talk about admission and all of the details for people who are going down. As you mentioned, first and foremost, parking is free, so that is good news. Uh, what about all of the other uh, admission details here? Yep. So all of the admission pricing information is available on our website. Adults are $10. Kids get in for eight as well as seniors. And um, kids five and under get in free as well as veterans, active military, and first responders like police and fire. We also have an advanced sale discount ticket of $8. That deal does end today. So okay. today is the last day to go to Ticketmaster.com slash Ohio State Fair to get your advanced sale discount tickets. We also have midway ride all day wristbands that let you ride rides all day long. Those are $30 here on grounds at the fair, or if you buy them today, also the last day for that advanced sale deal, they're $25 online and the link is on ohiostatefair.com. So the fair opens tomorrow, uh, is, is opening day, as you mentioned, and continues through what next weekend, right? That's right. It goes through August 7th. So it is a 12-day fair. So you can certainly check your calendar and find a day that fits best for your family. There's a lot of different wonderful events going on every day of the fair. Um, This Thursday, for example, we've got a great free concert in our Celeste Center with, um, it's called Generation Radio. It's kind of a super band. It includes Ohio native Jay DeMarcus from Rockle Flats, as well as musicians from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Chicago. So might be a great day to get down here for that free concert, as well as another free show that same day by Joe Mullins and the Radio Ramblers in Natural Resources Park Amphitheater. So if you go to our website, you can see a schedule of all the different things going on every day to find that day that works best for your visit to the yeah, very important you you mentioned and I'm glad you highlighted that uh, obviously uh, you've got a lot of uh, big name concerts and and such uh, on the uh, schedule but also lots of entertainment free entertainment throughout the uh, grounds uh, throughout the fair and a number of special days uh, with uh, special events going on and again all of that is on the website as well right You're right, Chris. And I mean, it's wonderful because we do have a lot of things that are included free with admission, like you mentioned. So we have a couple of different free entertainment stages where we have hypnotists, comedians, magicians, attractions, and we have different um, artists who are playing on those stages every single day throughout the fair. So there's always something new and different going on, changing by day. And there are different events, um, like we have a sensory-friendly morning next Wednesday. And that day is where we have the rides, uh, the rides have the lights and the sounds turned down from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. to allow for those who have um, maybe sensory processing disorder to be able to come and enjoy the fair with the lights just a little lower, you know, no music playing over the loudspeakers. And we do have a quiet room that's available for the full run of the fair. So 
you know, like you mentioned, all of the information on these various days is on our website. And we have that link uh, up at our webpage as well at goodmornings.net for everything you need to know uh, about the Ohio State Fair. Back in full force for the first time since the start of the pandemic. Uh, we're really excited about this. And uh, I, I can't let you go without asking uh, about this. Uh, I know you can't give us an early reveal of the butter cow, which is uh, back this year. I know you won't give us a, an early reveal because I've tried uh, in years past and you won't give it. But <laughs> but any any hints, uh, any uh, maybe teasers that you can give us? You know what? I have not seen it. I really, truly do not know what is sharing the cooler this year. The one thing I did hear is that it's the biggest sculpture ever. It's the most amount of butter. And, um, and we also have worked in the last several years, Velvet Ice Cream, Great Ohio Company, does a different flavor of ice cream every year that's sold in the dairy product building, okay. um, only at the Ohio State Fair. And I do know that flavor. So that's the one scoop that I have for you. Um, and it is that it is red, white, and blueberry. So it's a vanilla uh-huh. ice cream with strawberry and blueberry swirl. So mm. you can get that when we all go see what the butter sculpture is together. Sounds <laughs> yummy. Uh, again, Alicia Schultz with the Ohio State Fair with us uh, this morning. The link for more info is up at our webpage. Alicia, thanks very much. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. So as of today, Findlay City School students will return to class in exactly four weeks. And now is the time that preparations for the new academic year really start to kick into high gear. We are joined by Interim Superintendent Krista Kreitz-Miller. Krista, first of all, thanks for uh, taking the time. Really, uh, honestly, preparations have been uh, ongoing for quite a while now uh, for the administration-level staff, such as yourself. Uh, summer vacation is a little bit different than it is for students, obviously. That is correct. Um, not only myself, but even our building principals and lots of teachers are very busy uh, preparing for the next school year to, to bring the, our best game to our students. So, uh, first of all, I, I have to ask, is this a little bit different for you? Because, you know, now you're kind of in charge. You've been with the district for a while, so you know how all of this goes. But is it a little bit different being the, the one in charge, kind of the buck stops here sort of thing? It is a little bit different. I, I'm incredibly excited and honored to serve the district in this capacity, not something I saw coming 28 years ago when I started uh, as a first grade teacher at Lincoln. Um, but I, I love this district and I love Finley and I, I could not be more honored to get to serve. So uh, what is happening right now? What will be going on over the next four weeks as uh, the final preparations are made for the start of a new school year? Yeah, great question. Well, right now, actually, today is the first day back for our administrators. Um, so they are in their buildings and they're dusting things off and getting the lights on and getting things prepared for our students. So we're excited about that. Um, they'll participate in a couple of days of just professional development and, and team building uh, this week. And then they really hit the ground running in their buildings. And then we'll start to have parents rolling in asking questions and open houses taking place. So uh, this is a, a week to, to get acclimated a bit. And then yeah. we really hit the ground running so uh what are the uh the key dates or things to uh, watch for in terms of some of those uh, important things you mentioned uh meet the teacher nights and you know that kind of open houses uh class schedules becoming out class assignments i remember when i was uh that age that was one of the things that we always look forward to finding out whose class we were going to be in uh for the uh, new school year when will all of that information be out yeah, it's a very exciting time running up to the doors to look at your class schedule yeah. and getting your locker combinations. Um, so our middle schools are going to conduct theirs the same evening, which is August 15th, and the, um, or all the same day, August 15th, and then they do divide by alphabet. That's all on social media. Um, the high school, the 9 through 12 orientation is the 17th. And then our elementaries are going to be the 18th from 4 to 6, 
and our amazing preschool is the 22nd, and they have two time blocks as well, day and evening. And all that we, we post on social media and make certain that we're communicating with parents. Are there any changes, anything new that uh, parents will need to know in terms of uh, school schedules, the bus routes, uh, times, you know, all of that? Is anything going to change significantly from last year? I mean, I know uh, more than likely everything will, uh, like with bus pickup time, is going to tweak by a minute or two, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, how the uh, uh, schedule or how the run uh, works out. But anything substantial that parents need to know with respect to that? We do not have any substantial changes this year at all. Okay. Um, we did last year, as as many remember, that first day of school after our building consolidation, we were, um, you know, had a couple of issues with our transportation with our elementaries. Mm-hmm. We've got that all streamlined and smoothed out. We're working on some technology that'll even make the the process even more seamless as well as real great communication with our parents. So no big changes there. All we need is uh, the 23rd to get here so we can get our kids in our buildings. And uh, with respect to that, especially the buses, I know we've had the uh, stories uh, in the news that a number of districts are struggling with uh, finding enough staff uh, for uh, bus drivers and and, and so on. How uh, is the uh, Finley City Schools doing with respect to uh, all of that support staff? Yeah, that has definitely been an issue. We have an amazing transportation director, um, Zach Q-Tub, and he has done a great job, you know, getting staff and, and really recruiting some great folks. So right now we are ready for our buses to roll. Um, and, and we, as of this moment, do not have any issues that we don't have enough staffing to roll the buses. So certainly that is good news. Um, is, there, good news. is there anything else that, that parents will need to know uh, in advance of the uh, school year starting? between now and the time, again, when we have the uh, open houses and we have all of those orientations and and so on. Anything else uh, to be aware of? There's really nothing to be aware of other than I just want to encourage that they attend their open houses and if they have questions or concerns, call their teachers, call their their principal. You know, we are here for families and for the students and and we want to kick off the year in a very positive and productive manner. Now, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about because, and and you know as an elementary school teacher as well as anyone, uh, it is extremely difficult for particularly younger students, but really students of all ages, to kind of turn on a dime we've had uh the summer vacation of being able to you know be out and uh you know no schedules nothing uh, to worry about in terms of having to be at a certain place at a certain time and now uh, we're going to go back to school it's always a good idea for parents to start easing kids back into that routine <laughs> well in advance of the school year that is very true, and it not only helps the students and the teachers at school, but it helps the parents when they come home from school and students aren't quite as exhausted as they might have been if they didn't get a good night's sleep. So starting some routine, um, getting back into maybe a little earlier bedtime, a little earlier wake-up time is definitely proactive for all involved in the start of school. And uh, again, that applies to all ages, but particularly for uh, the younger students, kindergartners, mm-hmm. first graders, uh, even preschoolers who will be going to to school for the first time and may be a little nervous about that. Again, I know it's something that sure. uh, you have dealt with uh, in the past in, in your classes. What can you advise? What, what should parents do to sort of uh, ease some of that nervousness? You know, that's a great question. I think one is starting a bit of a routine, making sure that the students have a lot of sleep and, a, a, you know, a nice full belly coming to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is just trusting the process. They're going to be tired. They're going to be a little bit anxious. But those transitions are a part of life, and that's what grows them into, you know, the wonderful adults they're going to someday be and, and trusting the process and trusting the schools and trusting that the students are going to do a great job and handle it. It's oftentimes much harder on us moms and dads than it is <laughs> the student transitioning into school. A fair point. And by the way, you mentioned something that uh, reminded me of of an item that I actually forgot to mention, and I want to go back to this uh, because it is very important, uh, making sure that kids are well-fed, uh, a good breakfast yeah. before the, uh, they send them to class. Uh, but that brings up the point that the uh, school lunches, the uh, free school lunches that were in effect, uh, that program during the pandemic that provided uh, the free school lunches for for uh, virtually universal uh, school lunches, that is changing, right? That is correct. 
Um, yeah, that is correct. So we are back to, to purchasing school lunches. Right. Um, all of the menus and, and pricing will be on um, all of the social media. And there are, of course, options that if that is an issue for a family, there is paperwork that we support families in completing that there are there is an availability of free or reduced lunch. But families will need to make that application once again, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And we will have um, stations at our open houses that okay. um, you do that through... Yeah, and we will have availability at open houses to help support families to do that. Okay, so uh, just to put that uh, in your brain, if uh, for families who are in need, uh, that you will have to do that once again because that program, uh, that yep. universal uh, lunch program, is uh, coming to an end. So a very important note there. Again, uh, Interim Superintendent Chris Kreitz Miller with us this morning. Findlay City Schools' first day of class four weeks from today. Krista, thanks very much for uh, taking the time, and uh, certainly best of luck in these uh, final preparations of this last month before school. Thank you very much, and congratulations on your 20 years on the show. We listen to it a lot at the Miller House, so thanks for that, and um, as always, go Trojans. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. <laughs> Happened in Naples, Italy last week where two thieves made off with a tourist's watch at gunpoint, only to return it moments later after realizing it was a fake. <laughs> I don't want this! <laughs> Apparently the mugger took the watch from a pair of tourists while they were... Uh, enjoying a relaxing drink after the thief apparently realized the watch wasn't a $300,000 Swiss-made uh, exclusive watch. The uh, partner of the thief, his accomplice, returned it to the tourist with an apology. <laughs> well, at least they apologized. You know, they, they apologized for it. Uh, the whole thing caught on security camera. Uh, otherwise, this would just be too bizarre to believe. But the whole thing caught on security camera. The tourist did not seem terribly upset as he uh, stayed the entire time to finish the drink. Well, of course he did. He knew the watch wasn't worth anything. <laughs> so he had no reason to be worried. That should have been your first clue in to make off of the watch. And the tourist doesn't raise a fuss. <laughs> there's there's probably something going on. <laughs> The, even the thieves are more polite overseas than this. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, here is one of those stories where I, I saw the story and I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be more to the story. We're not getting the whole story here. There's got to be more. Uh, this is out of uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where a Lamborghini landed on top of a house slid off the roof, and then burst into flames. <laughs> it happened Sunday afternoon. The occupants of the vehicle fled the scene. Luckily, no one inside the home was hurt. It is still unclear exactly how the Lamborghini ended up on the roof of a residential building in the first place. <laughs> There's got to be more to that story. I, I just don't know what it is. I We'll uh, keep an eye on this. We uh, get further details. We will pass them along. 73, speaking of Florida, 73-year-old woman recovering after a surprise attack off the Florida coast, Catherine Perkins, was standing on a boat when a 100-pound sailfish jumped from the water and stabbed her in the groin. Ooh. Apparently, one of the uh, occupants of the boat was was fishing and uh, caught a sailfish. The sailfish jumped, uh, you know, trying to get away, and fish will try to do, and uh, ended up jumping on board the boat and stabbing the woman. Uh, two men quickly applied pressure to help stem the bleeding. Ms. Perkins was airlifted. She remains in the hospital uh, in good condition, so she's going to be fine. It happened about two miles from the inlet at uh, St. Lucie. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. She's got a fish story of her own now. This. Wow. Good thing she's going to be okay. That's just a crazy story. This is uh, rather interesting. 
maybe the showdown of the century, apparently. Between Chinese dragons and U.S. aliens is about to go down. Or so says this thief. 29-year-old Corey Johnson of Ocala, Florida, reportedly stole a Ford F-150 pickup. And uh, when he was when authorities caught up with him three days later after the uh, theft, he told police he swiped the truck because the president of the United States told him in his head he needed to take the vehicle. (laughs) The president told him in his head (laughs) he needed to take the vehicle. Mr. Johnson then made his way to the well-guarded Patrick Space Force base located in Brevard County in Florida, tried to get onto the grounds of the military base. He said he did that in order to tell the government of a fight happening between Chinese dragons and American aliens. (laughs) He was arrested. (laughs) No... No further. He's been charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle. No further information regarding this incident has been made available. But I'm guessing that he's getting professional help at this point. Um, And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, out of all of the places that you could deal drugs, one man in Massachusetts felt that Macy's was the best option, apparently. As if that wasn't enough, 29-year-old Edison Arias was popped by police for not only dealing drugs inside of the Macy's in downtown Boston, but also for shoplifting. (laughs) It should be noted, this was Friday at noon that all of this went down, so uh, this was all in broad daylight. Macy's security summoned police after witnessing a few dealings. And then Mr. Arias went ahead and tried to steal a $40 shirt. A police search of the man turned up 29 plastic bags of what they believe is heroin. They uh, also found he was carrying about $288 on him, more than enough to pay for the shirt that he tried to steal. He has been charged with larceny as well as distributing and uh, trafficking a Class A drug. Arraignment has been set. Boston Municipal Court. So we'll uh, continue to watch uh, that story as well. And there you go. That is today's broken news report. (laughs) This update on the odd and unusual side of the news certainly is that. Uh, Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. We help you navigate today's digital life here on WFIM. I'm Kim Commando inviting you to join me for quick tips and advice on the digital life hack. It's here weekday mornings at 1120 on 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. If money is tight for your family these days, you are far from alone. More Americans are reporting that they are having difficulty paying their bills today, even than did during the height of the pandemic. In a new U.S. Census Bureau survey, 40% of U.S. adults, or about 90 million families, said It has been somewhat or very difficult to cover their usual household expenses. This poll was taken uh, late last month, uh, early this month, so late June, early July. And 40% is the highest since the census started asking that question back in August of 2020, which was about five months into the pandemic. So at the height of the worst of the shutdowns and so on and so forth. So that's when you would think that uh, you know things would be the tightest for families but no it's actually tighter now due to the post pandemic inflation and uh, everything that goes along with that uh, at that time back in august of 2020 one third of respondents reported difficulty in covering their usual household bills it declined from that over the following year but then began rising about a year ago and they point to the government pandemic relief funds ending. So that's what literally got us through the hard, the hardest times of the pandemic. And now that that has uh, dried up and inflation started to rise, it has squeezed families more and more. 
nationally, the survey shows that more than one in uh, that more than one third of households reduced or eliminated expenses for basic household necessities like medicine or even food in order to pay an energy bill. More than one in five families kept their home at a temperature that felt unhealthy or at least uncomfortable for at least a month in order to cut down on the bills. And a similar share of families, about one in five, has not been able to pay at least part of an energy bill. And here is the kicker in all of this, and one of the reasons why it raises alarm bells is that millions of households, again, 90 million homes, 40% of U.S. adults say that it's been somewhat or very difficult to cover their usual household expenses over the course of the past month. Millions of households with student loans are expected to face an additional monthly expense beginning September 1st when the COVID moratorium on servicing that debt ends. So if you think budgets are being squeezed now, going to be even more so here in just about a month. Well, check the calendar. It is exactly four weeks from today that city school students will start the new academic year. And the heat is on, both literally and figuratively, for parents as we prepare to help the kids get to the head of the class right out of the gate. Uh, family and lifestyle expert Bethany Braun Silva is with us this morning to talk back-to-school trends for the fall of 2022. And Bethany, the start of a new school year obviously can be very stressful for all involved. How can we as parents keep our kids motivated as they head back to the classroom? Yeah, you said it. It definitely can be stressful. And one special and sweet way to reward your kids as they head back to school is with something everyone loves, chocolate. And for the first time in the U.S., Cinnabon has dropped the cinnamon for chocolate with its new chocolate bond bites, and they taste fantastic. These bite-sized rolls are filled with ooey-gooey chocolate and topped with chocolate and cream cheese frosting make the perfect after-school snack and are available for a limited time in Cinnabon bakeries or through delivery, which is super convenient for parents on the go. And make sure you get them before you're before they're gone. And as an exclusive offer for your listeners, you can get a free four count of chocolate bond bites with any purchase of fifteen dollars or more by unlocking the code chocolate in the Cinnabon app today. Just head over to Cinnabon.com slash chocolate bond bites. Awesome stuff. Uh, because everybody loves a good after school school snack. Uh, in now for a lot of uh, for a lot of places, remote uh, learning is still an option um, that you know parents can can make use of, and I know many families uh, have been taking advantage of that to extend the time when they can travel. So if you haven't gotten uh, all of that travel in, uh, you want to take a, a a late trip. What with that, you have some travel deals and in suite virtual learning essentials for students with those hybrid schedules. Yes, uh, we are talking about back to school today. And like you said, learning remotely is still a thing, but we can't forget it's vacation season. So I say blend the two together. Family getaways are a great opportunity for the kids to catch up on early reading assignments at the pool or the beach. And in my family, we like to play spelling games or go over the times tables, and it really helps to make learning fun. And of course, when traveling, finding the right environment for my family is essential. Howard Johnson by Wyndham is perfect. They have hundreds of locations, really fun century modern rooms that my kids adore, plus free Wi-Fi, which is perfect for working or learning remotely, and they offer a free light breakfast and a great rewards program, Wyndham Rewards. And if you book now, you can earn a free night after just two stays, and you can head over to Hojo.com to learn more. Okay. Uh, now, I read a uh, statistic uh, not all that long ago that something like one in four uh, back-to-school shoppers have already started, and I'm sure that it's even more than that by now. We do know, we've talked about this, the fact that, you know, shopping for all of those school supplies and, and back to school outfits and, you know, all of that, 
uh, obviously more expensive than ever this year. It is a big chunk of change. How do we find the best deals and maybe save some money, cut that expense down to size a bit? Yeah, back-to-school shopping is all about finding those deals and deals. And the PayPal Honey desktop extension is an online shopping tool that helps users save time and money. It's trusted by millions and automatically discovers coupons and applies the best working ones at checkout. Plus, it helps customers earn cash back on eligible purchases so they can take their money further while shopping for all their back-to-school needs. And it's fast and seamless to install that PayPal Honey extension on your desktop in just a few clicks so you can start saving on many of your favorite sites. From that tech to fashion to school supplies, PayPal Honey gives you the confidence your shop that you're shopping smart, and it's the perfect way to find great deals for back to school. And you can learn more and download the extension by going to joinhoney.com. All right. And uh, speaking of fascinating statistics, uh, here is one. Schools consume as much as 32 billion sheets of paper per year it says here and with that you have uh something for all of those students taking all of those notes Yes, writing notes by hand helps with focus, memory, and understanding information. And Five Star gets it and has an innovative way to turn those handwritten notes into a digital study tool. The Five Star Study app makes it easier for students to study anywhere at any time. There's triangles on the left side of the paper that allow the app to flag important notes to turn them into digital flashcards. And the four corners enable scanning. And this really is the evolution of of how students consume and retain information. You get all the tried and true benefits of handwritten notes from compatible five-star products and then turn them into a personal study aid. And you can find the five-star study app in the Apple or Google Play App Store and learn more over at fivestarbuildstrong.com. You know, one of the things to uh, keep in mind, uh, you know, parents hear us talk about that or think, uh, wow, that's, that's kind of interesting but is it really necessary? Remember, our kids are are digital natives. Uh, you know, if we put this in a digital format, it's something that they are really comfortable with and and probably uh, even uh, more comfortable interfacing with than uh, all of those written notes. So something to keep in mind there. Yes, absolutely. Especially after the last few years when everything went virtual. Yeah, absolutely. It was digital everything. Again, a family and lifestyle expert Bethany Bronsilva with us this morning. Where do we get more information on all of this? You can head over to my website at bethanybron.com. Bethany, thanks very much. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, this may be the biggest week for the economy so far this year, with another significant rate hike expected from the Federal Reserve, GDP, and other data that could confirm recession fears, and the latest earnings reports from the world's biggest tech companies will break it all down. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.